your number one source for election coverage and analysis. This is Gerard at Large. It is 21 minutes after the hour here on the Gerard at Large radio show. And we're back in studio with Bob O'Sullivan. He's running for alderman in Manchester's Ward 2, and we're back in studio with him because his opponent, Will Stewart, refused several attempts to schedule a discussion on the issues here, as uh, Tim Baines and Patrick Long did in Ward 3, as Barbara Shaw and Jim Burkish did in Ward 9. Um, we sent out uh, invitations to all of the candidates uh, uh, to, for, to do interviews, including debates. Bob O'Sullivan in Ward 2 and Christopher Stewart in Ward 1 both said they'd be interested in debating their opponents. We did our best to um, encourage that, but um, they were not receptive. Alderman Kavanaugh not replying at all. And Will Stewart saying he was having difficulty making changes to his busy schedule. At first, confusing the invitation with one on television where he said he was trying to uh, rearrange things so he could speak with Bob on the issues on the Ed and Joe show. And I reminded him, I said, no, no, this is for the radio show, not the TV show. Um, and then, well, he still had to try to figure out how to rearrange his schedule. Never got back to us uh, on that, which I find disappointing given the time that I have known and worked with Will. I thought he'd be up for a discussion of the issues because certainly these two gentlemen are coming at um, coming at this race in two different ways and uh, are emphasizing two different issue sets. And I thought it would be beneficial for the ward, myself as a ward resident and the city as a whole, to have that discussion uh, because both of them, in my never-to-be-humble opinion, do do have valid claims to the issues that they're raising. And they're all things that the uh, community needs to take into account. But I do make value judgments when one candidate's willing to come forward and talk and one is not. And uh, that's why I'm giving both Bob and Christopher Stewart in Ward 1 extra time on the air. Because if their opponents won't come on the air to discuss the issues with them, we don't think that should prevent them from discussing them uh, further themselves. In fact, we think that earns them the right to come back for a second bite at the apple. And with that, Bob O'Sullivan, good morning. Good morning, Rich, and good morning to your listeners. Good to, good to have you back in studio. Um, I, first thing I, I really do kind of want to uh, ask about is what, what's your take, if you care to comment, on um, you, your opponent just simply... Um, avoiding the issue of discussing the issues with you on this radio show. And I think anybody who's heard me do any debate, let alone the two that I've done this season between the candidates for Alderman in Ward 3 and Ward 9, would have to agree. I, I pretty much let the candidates um, have at it. I, I, I intervene very little. I moderate the discussion. I toss a question or a comment here and there to follow up on things that are said. But it's not like I, I pick anybody in the debate. Yeah, you know, I'm certainly not inside of Will Stewart's, uh, you know, head and how he makes his decisions. And uh, but I can tell you that uh, you are accurate that you sent a, a text to myself and Will Stewart uh, asking for time. You know, I said sure, just let me know when, uh, give me some notice. Uh, I also uh, called Will Stewart directly on his cell phone, um, left him a message uh, asking him to go on the uh, Joe and Ed show, mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, he never returned my call or uh, sent me a text or, or you know, otherwise sent out any smoke signals uh, telling me yes or no. So, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate. I, I think that uh, the the voters in Ward Two and as the rest of the city, if they choose to um, uh, listen or watch on TV, they they need to see the uh, the two candidates present uh, themselves um, and answer the questions and and be on record. 
Now, the conventional wisdom for why a candidate doesn't engage in a debate with their opponent is they only have something to lose. They're projected uh, or they're 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 the favorite to win. They don't provide an opportunity for, um, you know, for their opponent to, to, to land a punch or to score points or uh, have a mistake on their own that could cost them votes and support. Um, so let's address this uh, question of your electability, because I think a lot of people saw the results from the primary and were surprised by how well Stewart did do in the primary. I know you're a numbers cruncher. I'm sure you've analyzed the results. Are, are you just out of the race? And so and and and, uh, uh, and it would be dangerous for any number of reasons to let the front runner, uh, if I'm the front runner, to engage you in a debate. Do I, I what's your take on this race and your electability? Well, you know, uh, you Kyle, there's two questions there. Uh, so coming out of the primary, uh, yeah, you know, he did well, uh, and uh, and I did well as uh, you know for as much as when I started uh, campaigning. I know that Will started walking the ward uh, in April mm-hmm. last year. Um, it's great that he, I guess he had the time to do that. Um, I started at the usual time when most candidates start. Uh, the important thing about the primaries, I came out, uh, you know, going into the general election. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, since then, you know, we have uh, – I've gotten my message out. I've knocked on, uh, you know, a lot of doors. Uh, and like I said, you know, uh, approaching a 1,000 doors. And I've gotten great response. I feel very good going into Tuesday. Well, you certainly have uh, uh, put up a lot of signs. I know Stewart has got the place pretty well wallpapered. And I'd say you've got them pretty evenly matched, which, you know, signs don't vote. But they're an indication that candidates are out there working and have support. Yeah, signs are important. Uh, you know, we we sent out uh, uh, my message to all the voters uh, in uh, Ward Two, letting them know where exactly where I stand on things. I think the unfortunate part that uh, one of the reasons why Will Stewart may not want to, um, you know, debate me is because you know he is running as an independent, and it gives him an opportunity to um, when he's knocking on doors to uh, flip flop on uh, things like the tax cap or. Um, uh, you know, Yaga Decker and, and all the important issues uh, that are, are facing the city. And, and really what he's going around telling people exactly what they want to hear, trying to get their vote as an independent. And, uh, you know, his platform, as I've said, uh, you know, previously is, uh, you know, bike lanes and uh, ice cream socials and movies in the park. Um, he's not a serious candidate. Uh, I don't I don't believe he is prepared to take on uh, the city's serious business. All right. So now uh, you've you've made some statements about what he's telling people door to door. How do you know he's uh, being sort of how do you substantiate the claim that he's being all things to uh, all, all people, telling people whatever they want to hear? Well, two things. One is you, know, you look at his answers in the uh, uh, the union leader. Uh, he's very ambiguous. He's not uh, very clear on his answers about the tax cap. Uh, and, uh, and it's giving him wiggle room and uh, letting people try to figure out where he stands. And uh, and I've talked to uh, the voters in, in Ward 2 and um, uh, the tax cap, for instance. You know, someone will say that uh, Will is uh, for the tax cap. Someone else will say that he isn't for the tax cap. So I so think you've it, gotten different messages yeah. from different voters as you've gone door-to-door places right. that he's been. Exactly. And uh, the way I look at it, Rich, is, you know, uh, when I knock on someone's door, I say I introduce myself and I, I let them know that I'm running forward too, and I ask them what's important, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for uh, to to them and their family, and and then they tell me what's important. 
and um, I respond to that, and then I let them know uh, the issues that uh, uh, that I'm for and against, and I'm very clear about that. I'm not uh, trying to uh, uh, ride the fence and uh, trying to get that vote while I'm at the door. You know, uh, it, it's just very simple. Uh, you know, it's tax cap. Are you gonna are you gonna break it or not? And I'm not gonna break it unless there's a city emergency. Well, what in your mind is a city emergency? Because some people uh, think that an emergency means uh, funding the the big union pay raise, say, for the cops to avoid laying off police officers at this time of, uh, you know, high crime and opioid uh, addiction. You know, uh, city emergency is, you know, floods, you know, uh, natural disasters. Uh, God forbid something like that happens. Um, I think that with any um, working within any budget, um, you know, uh, contracts do come up, and and um, we need to be able to provide uh, uh, a very fair process in which we evaluate uh, that particular contract and that union. And you know, if they deserve a raise and we're able to do it under the tax cap, uh, you know, that's certainly something to consider. Do uh, you think salary increases in negotiations? The school board has done this with some of its unions, and I. I go back and forth on the wisdom of doing it, but uh, do you think any and all pay raises granted by the city, including all the Yager Decker steps and everything else, um, should be tied directly to the tax cap? In other words, if the tax cap allows for a 1% increase in spending, well, you can have a 1% increase in the overall salary line item and have the unions, say, divvy that up, or do you need another mechanism to try to determine whether or not those uh, those items are going to exceed the cap? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's a good point. That's certainly one way to look at it, that, uh, you know, you give everybody the pay raise that's uh, allowed by the uh, consumer price index. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's certainly something to talk about. Uh, I, I look at it as, you know, uh, if I'm faced with uh, deciding upon a contract and it's going to uh, uh, break the tax cap, then I'm not going to vote on it. Right. But I do believe that, uh, you know, things uh, – should be divvied up better. So, for example, if uh, if the when the police got their pay raise and the firemen didn't get a pay raise, I don't believe that's fair. I think that if uh, you know if the, whatever the raise was, I think it was three percent. Rich. Uh, well, you know that that well, the way they presented it, frankly, was very deceptive because they gave a cost of living increase. I think it was three percent. Um, you know, a year for three years. I forget the exact numbers, but. It included the cost of living increase. It included funding the Yarger Decker steps, which are are 3% a year for everyone who's been on the force for less than 14 years. And then they did something that I think was sneaky, deceptive, and dishonest. They came up with this hazard pay. Now, $40 a week to every single employee for the first year of the contract, rising to $50 a week in the second year of the contract. So they say, well, it's only a 3% raise but if you take 50 bucks a week that's 2600 bucks a year that uh, times 237 police officers is a hell of a lot of money which adds to and it it adds to uh, the city's retirement costs it adds to the city's tax cost it adds to the salary if you were to reflect that as a percentage you know of of a starting police officer i think a starting police officer makes something like 42,000 bucks right well you just gave them more than 5% pay raise just by adding the uh, uh, the hazard duty pay. So I, I think it was uh, frankly dishonest because it allows people to talk about, oh, well, it's only 2% this year, only 3% this year. They ignore the 3% step, so now you're up to 6 And then you add another 5%. You, you got 
you got cops on the job getting 11 12 percent pay raises a year yeah with that contract well you know uh so again there's two issues whether you uh, agree with uh the increase in pay but uh you know, as far as the budget is concerned, if if all we have is uh, you know X amount of money uh, mm-hmm. uh, to for a pay raise, and we know the firemen are coming up behind them, then we should and and we're able to give that full pay raise that we did to the police officers without breaking the tax cap, then you know what we should do is separate that and give part of it to the firemen, and I uh, I think it's ridiculous for the firemen to get uh, to uh, for the firemen not to get the hazard pay. And for the police to right. get the hazard pay, that is not logical. It's not sensible. Um, it isn't fair. It's just right. plain and simple, not fair. So, what does Bob O'Sullivan do in that case, though? If a contract comes forward with that hazard pay, and that hazard pay is going to push the city past the cap again, do you say no? No. So, I, I think you need to be proactive. You know, before you vote on a uh, a contract for the police officers, you you got to you know be a little bit forward thinking and right. say, listen, if we're going to give this to the police, you know, where's the money for the firemen? Right. And 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 if we can do what we should do for one, we should do for the other. I I I do believe that it's it's right. it's fairness. But does it does it trouble you that the police officers, uh, the police union, uh, went directly to the board? The, the story is this: they were negotiating, they had a deal on the table, and whatever triggered it, you know, I guess it was a discussion with the negotiator who is no longer the negotiator. He said, "Well, if you can get ten votes for that, uh, you know, be my guest," kind of thing. So what they did was they left the table, they came up with the plan that the board ultimately passed, and they individually lobbied every alderman to uh, ratify or support the deal that they did not negotiate through the negotiations process with the city's negotiating team, but wanted anyway. So they bypassed the process, went directly to the alderman. If they had picked up the phone and said, uh, Alderman O'Sullivan, we want you to support this, and you knew that they had done that on their own outside of the negotiation process— would you have supported that? Uh, no, you, you can't. There's a process there, and but I got to tell you, Rich, you know, good for the police union because they're smarter than than uh, our negotiator. Well, and, and, uh, so and, you know, I mean, the unions are for the unions. Right. They represent themselves. <laughs> That's the definition of of, of why they yeah. were created. So I, uh, you know, do I like that process that they went through? No, but and at, you would not at, have supported at, it. No, but uh, no, I wouldn't have. But at some uh, at some level, I do respect the fact that. They're negotiating. Mm-hmm. They did a good job, and uh, and they went to the, directly to the uh, the alderman right. and knew they were going to get the support, uh, and uh, and they did right. So and, in the past, and and one of the guys, of course, that supported that was Ron Ludwig because he hates the tax cap and he'll do anything he can to put pressure on on it to override. But you mentioned about people voting for themselves, and I, I want to come to this because Ludwig on multiple occasions vol- violated the city charter, voting for teacher and. Uh, fire uh, contracts that involve his immediate family members, a clear violation of the city charter. Even he admitted it when he said he was going to violate the charter back in September 2015. He admitted it. He admitted that the city's lawyer, he admitted that other lawyers that he had spoken to told him that he had a conflict and he shouldn't vote, but he was going to do it anyway. And then two years later, he was blaming the alderman for not stopping him. Crazy stuff. I don't want to rehash that ground, but if you are running for office, and you are telling people that you are going to uh, live by the charter and uphold the charter when you know your fellow board members are violating it or potentially going to violate it, does it make any sense to you that you in any way accept support from Ron Ludwig, who first admitted he couldn't vote, then said he was going to break the charter to vote, and then criticized the alderman for not 
stopping him from voting. Do you take his support? Do you take his money? Do you let your sign go on the front lawn? What does it say to the voters that on one hand you say you're going to enforce a charter? On the other hand, you're, you're willfully taking the support of somebody who apparently thinks it's not worth toilet paper. You know, it, it's interesting. You know, uh, I talked to the folks and uh, the voters in, in Ward 2. Uh, that has definitely been an issue. Uh, you know, they uh, didn't like the fact that, uh, you know, he voted to directly help uh, his family, and more importantly, that um, it was uh, advised to him not to do that. Um, and I think uh, that that that's one of my platforms as far as government transparency. As far as you know, going to run Ludwig and asking for his support, I never did, uh, and I wouldn't uh, because oh, well, of we'll, be, be, Will Stewart's sign is on his front lawn, <laughs> right? But you know, it's uh, because of that. So I guess you know, the only connection. Logically, that you can make is that you know Will Stewart is okay with that. So if Will Stewart is, you know is accepting Rod Ludwig's uh, support, mm-hmm. then and if Will was in the same position as uh, Ron Ludwig was, then he would do the same. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I've, I, and I've said this before: Will Stewart has his own agenda, mm-hmm. which is why he he's trying to run as an uh, independent uh, and uh, and and not be uh, truthful about uh, you know really what he's running for. And and I think that uh, you know he's going to be an easy button for uh, the unions uh, for you know the the uh, partisan votes. Uh, he's just going to do what people tell him to do. And it's not just Will Stewart whose sign is on Ron Ludwig's front lawn. It's David Scannell who's running for the school board. It's Joyce Craig who's running for mayor. And the you know the the list of notable quotables goes on. All right, we're going to take a break for traffic, weather, and sports. We'll be back with more from Bob O'Sullivan, candidate for school board in Manchester, uh, candidate for alderman uh, in Manchester's Ward Two. Stay with us.